Welcome to the Water with Lemon podcast. This is Emma Cook, your host, and I am super pumped that you are listening. This is a podcast by a 20-something or 20-somethings or 20-somethings at heart. The desire to dive into the real and the raw, the uncomfortable and the messy. My desire is that you would encounter the Lord and feel encouraged, inspired, and challenged to chase after Jesus in this crazy time of life. I'm so glad you're here. So grab something refreshing and let's get on with it. Hey ladies, welcome back to the podcast. This week I've got Abigail Dodds on and we chat all about how it's impossible to have it all and do it all and be it all. But we live in a world where we're surrounded by ways to compare ourselves to others. And how are we supposed to train our eyes and brain to recognize when we're looking at things that are false and are not going to help us? So we talk about how it can be easy to fall into a trap of following people like on Instagram and things like that. that seem to have it all together. But Abigail encourages us to follow people who are following Christ. And I learned so much from my chat with Abigail, and I'm just truly amazed and inspired by her knowledge of the scriptures. She's just a genius. So here's my episode with Abigail Dots. Hey, Abigail, how's it going? Welcome to the Water with Lemon podcast. Oh, hey, thanks for having me. It's going well. Of course, I have been so excited to have you on. I've heard you on another podcast, and so I knew I had to have you. Well, I hope that's I hope that's good. I'm I'm always afraid to listen to myself on podcasts after they come out. I just sort of wing them off and pray that things go well. So I'm glad to hear that they were encouraging. Oh, of course. <laughs> and I I always think it's weird even myself starting a podcast like to hear your own voice. Like it's always so weird. <laughs> so. Oh, it is. It's like do I really sound like that? Oh, man. <laughs> And then people are like, yeah, you do. <laughs> yep, exactly. Oh, that's that's so true. So <laughs> Abigail, tell us a little bit about yourself and just kind of what your life looks like these days. Yeah, well, um, I am married to Tom. Um, also, my birthday happens to be tomorrow and I'll be. <gasps> oh my goodness. Thir- yeah. Yep, Happy I'll birthday. Be th- thank you. I'll be 38 years old. So nice. definitely not uh, young anymore. <laughs> Although it's, it's so interesting because my insides don't feel old. And right. so it's this disconnect every now and then when I will catch a glimpse of myself in the mirror or next to my daughter. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's an odd thing that happens, but yeah. man, the you Lord helps. Old. I always, I always say for my podcast, I say it's for, for 20 somethings or 20 somethings at heart. So I think you fit in that category for sure. Nice. I'll take it. I'll take (laughs) it. Uh, Yeah. So life looks busy with, um, my kids a lot. We've got five kids, um, from the age 15 down to five years old. And so, um, yeah, I'm busy carting them around and just, live in life with them. And my husband um, also is just busy guy and we do a lot together as well and serving together in church and just being together at home. So mm-hmm. that's a lot of life. I'm also a student. So I guess in that sense, I, I oh, do wow. have a little bit of youthfulness to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are you studying? Uh, I am getting my master's in exegesis and theology at Bethlehem Seminary. Oh, um, it's yeah, it's a school connected to our church, and um, it's for working adults, which 
apparently they let stay at home moms count as a working adult, but so it's a one night a week. Um, but it's a, I'm a full-time student, but it's four hours, one night a week. And then you've got about 20 hours of homework. Um, so yeah, that's been really exciting and fun. New thing. That is so cool. What Mm -hmm. like inspired you to want to do that? You know, teaching Bible study is what mm-hmm. inspired me. I teach Bible study to women at our church, and mm-hmm. and then I write more broadly. And just realizing that the amount of responsibility that comes in doing that and wanting to really be someone who is stewarding God's Word well, who is who knows it well, um, who isn't accidentally making errors yeah. or becoming a heretic or something crazy like that. Right. Um, I, it's just women are so hungry to really know God and His Word. Mm. And so I think it's worth them having teachers who have really been trained. And um, so that was my desire was just to be better equipped to do that well. So I'm learning Greek and it's, man, it is rough sailing at times, but it's really fun too. I bet, but I bet it gives you a whole new like lens when you're reading the Bible, you know? It does. It really does. It's, um, it's really helpful to understand the languages and understand that God's words were given in a particular language that he chose to breathe his inspired words into. And so just thinking about that and understanding that better, it's been really, really neat, really exciting. That is so cool. And I know it'll (laughs) definitely come out in your writing too, of just like the knowledge that you're obtaining from that. And it's been Mm -hmm. cool to I know you write for like desiring God and, and other kind of, you do more like freelance writing in that way, kind of, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. That is so cool. And then you released a book this January, A Typical Woman. Yeah, that's right. Yep. That is so cool. Tell us about that book and just kind of like how you came to write it. Mm, yeah. Well, the book really answers the question, what is a Christian woman? Or Mm. what does it mean to be a Christian and a woman? So it's very basic. Uh, In many ways, I wrote it for younger women um, Mm. and myself. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Really, really anyone who has struggled with that question, how does being a Christian and a woman, how do those two realities relate to each other? And why does it matter? Yeah. So that's kind of what's behind it. Um, I wrote it really just because I had some confusion around that. And I'd read a lot of confusing things about it and mm. and things that were hard to read. They didn't quite match what I was reading in the scriptures. Um, and so it just felt like even though it's a really simple topic and it's one that's been covered, that's for sure, Um it still felt like there was room to say something and to just remind us of some very basic old truths. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those seem new when they haven't been brought around as often as they should. So, yeah, that is so cool. I love that, that you wrote that and had a heart to be able to just kind of explain that more. I'm, I definitely believe there's a need for, for your book. And so I'm glad you put it out there. Mm, yep. Okay, Abigail, let's talk about your 20s. Let's let's revisit time travel. I'm sure you like this because you said, you know, you'd love to be able to tap into that 20s heart. So what was life like for you in your 20s? Like what what did you really struggle with? What what Mm -hmm. was good? Tell Mm -hmm. us all about it. Yeah, well, you know, my 20s maybe were a little bit odd in that 
I uh, was engaged at age 20. Oh, nice. <laughs> yep. And then married at age 21. And so I was engaged while I was still in college, married while I was still in college. Mm. And then I graduated. Of course, I was 22 at the time, had been married for about a year and was actually pregnant at the time, but I didn't know it yet. Um, mm. And so I became a mom at age 22. And then uh, motherhood really took over my 20s. Yeah. <laughs> um, we had, I guess, four kids by the time I was 29. And then Titus, our youngest, we had a few years later. Mm. So honestly, my 20s are a little bit of a blur um, because that was it was very overwhelming. And I'm sure that in some ways saying that I was overtaken by motherhood all through my 20s may sound hard to relate to for someone who's single, but really it, it's not because just imagine yourself as a mom and mm -hmm. it would be exactly how it was for me, <laughs> which is if it sounds very hard, odd, crazy, um, like you're out of sorts, that's exactly how I felt. Oh, I felt man. very out of sorts. Um, and I was excited to be a mom. It's not like it was something, it was something I wanted. Um, right. But I was incredibly overwhelmed. I was very in over my head. And so most of my 20s, I would say, were were fairly underwater. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's amazing that God uses that. And he, he has a reason for that. And so it, it was also just a process of trusting him in that and trusting him in the isolation that came through being a young mom. Mm -hmm. um, it was very isolating. And so I think it's pretty common to struggle with friendships in your 20s or especially as you're getting out of college maybe sure. uh, because there's so much change and transition happening yeah and so that was true for me as well um, there was just a lot of change and tran transition I was in the Twin Cities and I had grown up in Iowa but now I was permanently in the Twin Cities mm. and so all my friends from college were somewhere else they were um, n none of them were at my local church or in my daily life. Um, and so I was just having to make completely new friends, all new community. Yeah. And yet I didn't know anybody my age that was a mom. And so my community then, once you become a mom, it's sort of like you're expected to make friends with other moms primarily. Mm -hmm. And so that was awkward and hard because, uh, I didn't know what I was doing. I just was, yeah. <laughs> oh boy. But, you know, like I said, the Lord really does use those situations when you are grasping and don't know what to do. And he mm. teaches you to learn, lean on him. And that's definitely what he did for me. So were you ever like comparing your situation? Like, obviously you loved being a mom, mm -hmm. but were, were you ever comparing um, being a mom to those that were just kind of figuring it out on their own being single? Yes and no. Um, I definitely had plenty of comparing going on, mm -hmm. um, plenty of wondering why I was a certain way and other people were different than that. Yeah. Um, why my life looked the way it did and other people's looked differently. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was definitely a reality. I wouldn't say that I, I, I was not longing to be different than what God had given me. Um, 
too much. At least I don't remember that long. I don't remember longing that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more just, Lord, you've given me this. I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with it exactly, except for keep trying to move forward and, you know, yeah. keep my head above water. Um, and so a lot of my 20s and that early time was spent maybe comparing myself to how to do what I was doing better than what I was doing. Like, how can I do this better? Um, And wanting to sort of have more experience than what I actually had, Mm. uh, which really bugged me because I felt like I have no experience. I have no expertise. I don't know what I'm doing. And I desperately wanted that kind of experience and expertise. But the problem is there's no way to short circuit that. (laughs) You just have to walk slowly. That's, and that's youth. That's what it means to be young. You, you can never short circuit mm-hmm. that growing process. And I really desperately wanted to. So Yes. I think that's a huge theme. And we've talked about it before of like, you know, sanctification is such a slow, slow process. And, and in our twenties, it's like, we want things to be fixed overnight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's just not how it works. So it's like this constant frustration with wanting, wanting things to change, but having to realize like, this is going to be, be a slow process. So I'm with you in that. Yep. Very true. So do you feel like it's gotten better? Like you said, you, um, you know, we're comparing a lot to the other, to others Mm -hmm. around you. Mm -hmm. I feel like with Instagram and all the ways that we are seeing other people and what they're doing and what they have and all these like, you know, curated Mm -hmm. lives around us that it's, it's so much easier to compare. Like, how do you think like culture is shaping that now for us to like, that we should have it all and be it all Mm -hmm, and do it mm -hmm. all seeing what other people have and things like that. Yeah. It's a nightmare. It's gotten, it's definitely gotten worse. I'm, I'm very thankful that I did not have um, Instagram as Mm. a young person. And I am very, very slow to suggest or allow anything like that for my young kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the ways, well, there's two things I'd say about this. One thing that's the problem with how we compare on Instagram or social media is that um, it is not a truthful comparison. Mm. And so it's one thing to make a comparison that's based in reality, that's really an accurate comparison. Um, But that's not what Instagram or Facebook is. And it's not because people are intentionally lying, not a bit. I I think we should assume the absolute best about people when they post. Um, they're, they're actually trying to give us a glimpse of something. But the problem is, the reason why it's not truthful is because we, in our minds, take that glimpse and we make it the entire reality. Mm. So we see one thing that's really awesome about their day, and we think that's their whole life, is that awesome picture. <laughs> and of course it isn't. And so then we compare our life, which is all the moments that make up our entire day, which are good moments, bad moments, hard moments, happy moments. And we compare it to that one moment in another p- person's life that was really stellar. Yeah, well, that's, that's not so a truthful comparison. It's not apples to apples. And so unless we can be reminding ourselves, this is a glimpse of a much larger picture that I don't have the full story on. Um, it's just not wise to try and make assessments based on not having all the information. Mm. 
Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> it's like we take one small piece of information and in our minds totally blow it up into that. Wow, this person has it all together and I don't mm-hmm. by just seeing right. like one little thing about their lives. And it's so crazy. Yep. And and I know that every single person that's listening like is going to be able to relate to that. And it's so hard. I even am thankful just that I didn't have it when I was like a teenager because I can't mm-hmm. imagine what that would have been like. But even even throughout college and entering into adulthood, it was it was hard to constantly see like, you know, if other people were hanging out and oh, man, why wasn't I invited or, oh, you know, I'm constantly seeing all these people who um, have certain things or are on are doing certain jobs or whatever it is and it's it's a constant comparison game to think that oh man I should I should have it all and be it all and do it all um but that's just not reality so can you just maybe give us some encouragement like for those of us that are constantly comparing ourselves to what other people have or do mm-hmm. well the first thing I would say is Um, Try not to make comparison by itself the boogeyman or the bad guy, because um, comparison can lead to a lot of sin. That's very true. It can lead to envy and um, all kinds of discord and um, discontentment in our hearts. Lots Mm -hmm. of things that are really not good that we absolutely shouldn't. We should we should do our very best to stay away from, flee those temptations. But comparison can also lead to some really, really good things. Mm -hmm. So comparison can lead to a correct understanding of who we are. Now, hear me out. So the way that comparison leads to a correct understanding of who we are is when we compare ourselves to God. Mm -hmm. So it's taking God, who is the standard, He is the fixed reality in the universe. He never changes. He is what he is. He is who he is. The I am who I am. That's God. And to to look at him in the scriptures and, and get a vision of who he is and then say, now who am I in light of that? Mm. That kind of a comparison. That can be, of course, devastating on the one hand, because in light of who God is, we're dust. And yet, on the other hand, in light of who He is, we are also incredibly valuable, Mm -hmm. because we were made by Him, and we were made for Him. And because Christ, or because God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to redeem us and to ransom us. And so, that's the best way to get a sense of who you are. And you have to start with that comparison, that that look at God and then the look at ourselves. Um, I think John Calvin says there is no knowledge of self without knowledge of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's essential. Um, but then the way that that comparison can then still work out in the in regard to those Um, that are horizontal to us. So with other people, it can still fuel joy in this way. Paul says, um, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And so when we have people around us, maybe not so much on Instagram, although I wouldn't rule it out, um, we can look around and see the things that they are doing that are a reflection of Christ. Hmm. 
they are somehow really pointing us to Christ. And when we see that in people, we should make a little comparison where we say, they are reflecting Christ. Am I reflecting Christ? I want to do that. I want to be like them. Mm -hmm. And so that will actually fuel our joy because for one, we'll be able to give thanks for that person because they have given us a gift. They have pointed us to Christ. And then Secondly, we'll be able to imitate them or strive to imitate them the same way we would imitate Christ. What's so great about that is that we have this example of Christ in the scriptures, but we also have this example of Christ in the lives of the people around us. So we get to see what it would look like for Christ to to be living in this particular circumstance at mm -hmm. this particular time. And so it's this picture of godliness in our current day and age that we're seeing in the Christians around us. And so we don't want to cut ourselves off from that kind of comparison because it's essential to growth, but we absolutely do want to say there's a certain kind of striving and a certain kind of um, self-promotion mm -hmm. um, that is not pointing us to Christ. It, it's, it ends in a shed that's full of a hornet's nest. It's like someone's inviting you inside mm. and they're saying, hey, come look at this awesome thing. And you get inside and it's a hornet's nest and it's not awesome at all because wow. all that was there is them. Like that's it. They're just pointing you to them and mm. saying, look how great I am. You should be like me. And then come to find out, boy, this is, this is rotten. Like mm. this doesn't work out well at all. And um, so you want someone who's going to open up a gate for you into the fresh pasture and the the clean air of Christ, not just pointing to themselves because boy, that's a dead end. Mm. Man, that's so powerful. And I've I've never really thought of it as uh, comparison as being a way that um, can actually allow you to look at look at those around you and and be able to measure up. Man, uh, that's a quality. Um, of Jesus mm -hmm. that I want to have in my own life and, and not in a shame filled way, like not like, Oh man, I'm never going to measure up in that way. But to be able to take that and say, man, Lord, thank you for showing me that quality of you in this other person. And, and I want to be able to reflect that as well. That's mm -hmm. so powerful. And, and I love that you explained that. And there definitely are those kind of people out there that are just pointing um towards themselves because man we're human and we all do that yeah we do um mm -hmm. and but it's being able like you said to recognize is, is this is looking at this and comparing going to bring life or death basically mm -hmm. yes um, and so that is that is so powerful. I'm so glad you brought that up um, to be able to to recognize maybe just even in in every moment of um, if you are comparing, being able to recognize which one is it. Like, is this is this a good um, motive of comparing or not so much? You know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. So one thing I think that we just need to be really careful about, especially when it comes to social media and the kind of women that were following on social media is that there are definitely people who whose goal seems to be to set themselves up as the mascot for a group of women. So they kind of become the chief of their tribe, the leader of their um, little 
even sort of mini congregation or whatever that is. And I think we need to be careful about this because they're trying to sell you a particular way of being that mimics them. And so if you do what I do, you'll be successful. If you hustle as much as I hustle, you'll have what I have. If you work out as often as I work out, you can be like Beyonce too. Mm -hmm. All these different ways of being that they're trying to get you to be just like them. And they're going to set themselves up as sort of the ideal of that. And Mm -hmm. it is ironic that social media has this button that we click when we want to follow someone. So on social media, we follow people. We follow people on Twitter. We follow people on Instagram. We like people on um, Facebook or friend them. And Mm -hmm. it really is important that we think about who we are following. And so we want to follow people in as much as they are following the Lord Jesus Christ, Mm. because it's, he's the one who we're called to follow. And I don't think it's some sort of accident that social media uses the word follow. Like Mm. God made the world. He knows that that was the word that was going to be put into social media. And he also knows that he commands us to follow him. And so it's okay to follow people on social media. It's it's okay to be on social media, be on there and insert as much light in life as you can, but follow the people who are following Christ. Um, and so from, from John, um, the gospel of John, I love the statements that Jesus makes that tells us who he is. Mm-hmm. He says, I am the Messiah. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door of the sheep. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So that's who we want to follow, the mm-hmm. one who can truly be not just a mascot, but our king and our savior and our perfect example. And so I would just encourage women, don't settle for less than that. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, we aren't going to follow any perfect examples who are pointing to Jesus. Everyone who we follow, including our own attempts to follow Christ are right. going to fall short, but there's a difference between between someone who really is um, his child and who's longing to point to him and who's following him and someone who is really just holding up themselves as this little, as, as a celebrity and saying, worship me, follow me. I'll make you promises. You'll be awesome. Mm. And it can be so easy to to fall into that trap, I feel like, especially, I know this is, it's just kind of sad, but like people that are um, on a platform of being a Christian or, um, you know, wanting wanting to share that and, and maybe realizing, oh man, a lot of this is, is self-promotion or, or self-help and things like that. So it's asking the Lord to help us discern um you know, is this somebody that I want to follow that ultimately is, um, is me following somebody that looks, that is striving to look more like Jesus Mm -hmm. in that way, because he's the one that we're wanting to follow. And I like that you brought that up. It's, you know, it's crazy that we put so much focus on following people, um, when that was the opposite of Jesus message. Mm -hmm. Um, that, that people are going to fail and um, not to rely on me. And there's so much scripture about that. And so um, it's good to just, it's good food for thought of who am I following and why? And are, is it, is it life-giving 
to yeah. me to be following this person. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there will always be, um, we all have weaknesses that we bring when we um, come to our relationships or when we come to social media. And so knowing what our weaknesses are and what our temptations are is going to be really valuable. So one thing that I tend not to follow, which I think is completely fine for people to do. I just know my own weaknesses is that I usually don't follow a lot of lifestyle blogs Mm -hmm. because I know that my temptation will be toward materialism, even though that's not necessarily what those people are trying to promote. um, They may be using their gifts in a, in a good way and they may even be Christian people. And yet, because I know I have this weakness, I just, don't follow those. Yeah. I just stay away from it. And so know what your weaknesses are um, in terms of how you'll be tempted toward a certain sin of envy or of materialism or whatever it might be. And then just say, you know what? I'm, I will avoid that temptation. That's very valid. And we mm-hmm. should definitely do that. Yeah, that's a good call. And just to be <laughs> aware of it as we're, you know, if it's if it's causing you to sin, the Bible says mm-hmm. to cut it off, right? Yes. So sometimes that means unfollowing people, which is not a bad thing. Sometimes it means deleting the app altogether. Yes. Yes. Uh, and whatever it is, just cutting it off and mm-hmm. having the strength to do that. Yep. Now I will say that gets a little more dicey in real life because, <laughs> um, like, you know, you for me, I have friends who are really, really wonderful, say home decorators or other things like that, that I'm not very good at. And I will say that the Lord has absolutely grown a genuine appreciation and love for people who um, are good at the things I'm not good at. Um, And so if that's your real life where you're put in relationship with people who you're still tempted toward maybe envy or you're still tempted toward maybe uh, wanting things that God hasn't given you, um, then we don't just get to avoid <laughs> those dear yeah, people. you don't get to cut off um, your friend. <laughs> right. But we, we do get to grow and mm-hmm. we do get to ask him for help to um, see it rightly and to kill the sin in our heart, mm-hmm. which will allow us to love those real people and the gifts God's given them and to give thanks that he's given them those gifts. So mm, That's so true. I like mm-hmm. that. Like you don't just cut off the friend because they're good at something. You, right, you exactly. ask God to change that's your right. heart to love yes. and appreciate the gifts yes. he's given them. Yep. <laughs> that's so true. Okay, Abigail, we have made it to my last three questions, and I ask mm-hmm. these to every guest that comes on, so I'm excited to hear what you have to say. Yeah. So the first one is, what's one thing that you wish you knew as a 20-something? Well, this was a tough one for me. I thought and thought and thought about it. Um, I think probably the biggest thing is that I wish I knew that patience is very important to Mm. what God's doing in your life. Um, I think I was a very impatient. I don't think I was. I know I was a very impatient um, 20-something, and that has still been something that I've had to work hard at. But to very patiently do what God has given me to do each day rather than always looking to the next thing, always longing for what's coming and not able to 
obey him with joy in the moment. Um, so I really wish I would have known the joy that could come in stopping constantly wanting the next thing and simply giving thanks for what I have right now. Hmm. That's so good. And I, I can testify to that in my own life and, and, you know, in talking with my friends that that's something that we totally struggle with. Um, so that's a really good word. Mm -hmm. Okay. Next, what are you like reading, listening to and or watching these days? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not trying to be like, annoyingly (laughs) spiritual. I promise I'm not, but like I said, I am in school. And so last semester, uh, we had old Testament theology and this semester we had new Testament theology. We just finished last week. And so for old Testament, we had to read the whole old Testament in eight weeks. And then we read the whole new Testament in nine weeks, which was a lot easier than reading the old Testament in eight weeks. It was, I've never read through the Bible that quickly before. Um, and it was really, really good. Mm. Oh man. It was really helpful to have to read through it that quickly. And not only did we, did I have to read through it that quickly, we had to read each book in one sitting. Oh my. Yeah. Except for a couple of the really long ones, they let us split up into two. Um, and so that was also a really good experience and really helpful. And so I would recommend it to anybody who can find those chunks of time in their day. Mm. Um, so that's that. That's part of what I'm reading. I'm also. I just finished a book uh, on New Testament theology by a guy named Thielman, which was really, really good, really helpful, readable. Um, mm. I'm in Calvin's Institutes right now, and a systematic theology book by Frame. Um, and then I'm going to be starting a whole bunch of more books because we just are starting a new semester. Um, we have kind of weird semesters, but yeah. So a lot, lot of reading, a wow. lot of theological reading, good stuff. Um, yeah. So I'm not watching a lot of anything, although we do watch a movie every Friday, family movie night, and we've been going through a lot of the Marvel films, which oh, I have enjoyed. That's so fun. Yeah. I like that. That's a good family adventure. And mm-hmm. that sounds like a lot of hard reading. You know, it is. <laughs> it's really good, though. It is. It's good. It's challenging, but good. I feel like it's good to get like the whole picture of the Bible. Like when you read it in a year or whatever, I feel like you forget a lot of what you yes. read. And so to be able to like get the full picture of the Bible in that short of time is really cool. It is. And I'll say this too, if anyone's considering doing it, the other thing that's really good about it is thinking about reading it over a whole year feels like this giant commitment because totally. it's a whole year. But thinking about oh, in eight weeks, I'll be done with the Old Testament. I'll have done it. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I'm kind of must be a little bit more instant gratification. And that really appealed to me like, wow, I'll have done this in eight weeks. Yeah. And so if you have an inkling to do it, find a friend so that you have some accountability and then just go for it. And it's really fun because you get it's very gratifying to have something completed that quickly. So true. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's a good idea. I've, I've been wanting to do, I've thought about maybe doing that this summer because I'm a teacher mm-hmm. and I have, you know, summers off. And so I've got more time on my hands and I thought it would be really cool to be able to like do it in like two, three months, you know? Yes. So that yeah. gives me some inspiration. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> if Abigail can do it, I can do it too. Yep, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and then lastly, what is refreshing you these days? Anything that's just like giving you life? Yeah, well, there's three things. Um, one is sort of a constant, which is baking. I love to bake. Um, mm. I bake bread and that's a big one. It's very therapeutic for me. I very much enjoy it. And it's something that everyone in the family also enjoys. So it serves many purposes. And they're really um, pretty too. I was looking on your Instagram. I was like, these are some really pretty pieces of bread. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's part of why I enjoy it so much is because it fills multiple, it checks multiple boxes. So it's practical and that it's food. It fills that artistic, mm-hmm. um, itch that I have. And then also it's tactile. And so, um, it's kind of like, if you like doing sculpting or something, I don't know, it's just, it fills multiple things for me. So that's why I think I enjoy it so much. And it's also, you know, a little bit science, a little bit art. I don't know. Yeah, totally. Highly recommend. (laughs) Uh, Another thing that has really given me a ton of joy is that we just got baby chicks in the mail. Oh my goodness. And that is just a delight that it is hard to put expression to the amount of fun that it is going to the post office and hearing these chicks chirping in this little box and bringing them home. And they're these little fluff balls of happiness. You just ordered them in the mail? Yeah, you order them from a a place that does this. They hatch chicks, and that's their business and that's other so things. Crazy. And then they send them in the mail. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's so wonderful. This is, I think, maybe our fourth or fifth time doing it, and <laughs> it just is the best, best, best thing ever. That's so fun. <laughs> the kids just play with the chicks for hours oh, upon hours. I bet so much. Yes, yes. And then the last thing that I uh, wrote down when I saw this question was. Right now, we're at the sort of the end of winter, and we've had a lot of snow, and Mm. winter in Minnesota is long and can be very grueling, and we've had some just incredible days of sunshine, Mm. and so I have just been leaning my head outside and trying to let the sunshine, like, sear my eyeballs (laughs) (laughs) because they feel it's almost like this weird inner itch that needs scratched when you have been away from warmth and sunshine for so long that it just, oh, it's hard to explain, but it feels so good to let the sun, like, almost hurt my eyeballs. And someone's probably going to call in and say, she should not do that, but... (laughs) If you lived in Minnesota, you also would be willing to risk eye damage. <laughs> it's just, necessary. just to feel the sun. Yes. yes. No, oh. I get it. I get it. We've had so much rain. Um, and so sunny days are very uh, few and far between here as well. So I get it. Yep. Well, great. Thank you so much for coming on today, Abigail. I loved having you. And man, you had some just really powerful things to say. And so I'm, I'm very thankful um, just for the time I got to spend with you. It was a joy to be on. I'm really thankful to have gotten to come. Thanks for asking me. Of course. Thanks, Abigail. I hope you guys enjoyed my episode with Abigail today. Please share this episode with somebody that, you know, might struggle with this topic, which um, is everyone our age. So just share this with everyone you know, basically is what I'm trying to tell you. So... Also, if you have a spare minute in the middle of unfollowing people on Instagram that tempt you to compare, uh, why don't you head on over to iTunes and leave a rating and review of the podcast? It would help me out a ton. 
you have no idea. Also, check out my website and follow us on Instagram because we follow Christ over here at at Water With Lemon Podcast. Stay fresh, my people.